0: Hey, folks, before we get started, just wanted to do a a quick content warning. Uh, We discuss uh, some uh, emotional abuse uh, and uh, potential domestic violence in this episode. So if that is something that uh, you are not comfortable hearing discussed, then we recommend checking out a different episode. Otherwise, enjoy. Enjoy. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy.
1: And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary
0: occasions. Hello, my dove.
1: Hello, dear.
0: You look beautiful. I think I thank just you. noticed the pattern of your dress. I've been so head down, rat race. Think about the salt mines out here. <laughs> just generating <laughs> content from these content fruit that I harvest every day. Indeed. I wasn't even paying attention. to am beautiful. Dress. I'm dressed like It's a Quite
1: geometric.
0: I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm, thank you. I'm still wearing my gym clothes. That's all right. Uh, I look bad. You look fine. I look like a schlub. You look great. Okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi. So today, let's jump, let's jump right into it. Okay. We're talking about Hedy Lamar. We are. And it's going to be so hard for me uh, because there's a running joke in uh, Blazing Saddles, which Your is- Your favorite movie. My favorite movie, a movie I've seen the most in my entire life, uh, where there's a main character named Hedley Lamar. And everybody keeps calling him Hetty, and he keeps correcting them. Um, there's a bit where Mel Brooks is the mayor says, or the governor. Yeah, says, the governor. Like, it's like 1840 something. You can sue her. And apparently, um, Hetty Lamar's uh, like reps, like wrote to Mel Brooks and the studio and stuff. And like, yeah, you can't do that. We'll sue. And so they just asked Hetty Lamar, and she was like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. That's great. It's really funny." The other reference I know. It's from Little Shop of Horrors, where it's in Feed Me and Audrey too says, how about a date with Hedy Lamar? You gonna get it? Which both of those things, I would say, really date both of those things. Hmm. There's another bit in uh, uh, Feed Me where he says like, how about a guest spot on Jack Parr? Which wasn't even, I think as big as, uh, it just rhymed yeah. with like Cadillac car. Hedy Lamar, mm-hmm. Jack Parr.
1: That's, that's a great rhyming scheme. Yeah. Uh, I do have some conflicting information for you. Oh, no. Regarding the Mel Brooks oh, no. saga.
0: See, I was going off of the Blazing Saddles commentary by Mel Brooks, which that's what he said. But well, he also, I don't know if you know this, exaggerates and makes stuff up a lot.
1: So um, in 1974, apparently, she filed a $10 million lawsuit against Warner Brothers claiming that Mel Brooks' parody of her name in Blazing Saddles uh, infringed on her privacy. Brooks said he was flattered, uh, and the studio settled out of court for an undisclosed but much, much lower (laughs) sum of money. Um, And according to this, Brooks apologized to Lamar for, quote, almost using her name, and Mel Brooks is later quoted saying that he was disappointed that Lamar never got the joke.
0: Okay. Okay okay
1: that's what i have to be fair it is not
0: a good joke <laughs> this is the thing right i'm a huge Mel brooks fan i've seen every Mel brooks movie even the weird ones uh 12 Cheers, looking at you and life stinks looking at you and the thing is there's people will talk about like robin hood men in tights dracula dead loving it and yeah. say like and by the, that point like the jokes were bad and it just didn't work and it's like no 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 guys the They're, jokes are always bad.
1: That's the joke.
0: There, there are good jokes. There are genius jokes. There are dumb jokes. There's a mixture of all of them. It's not about that. I Listen, we're not talking about Mel Brooks. I could for ages. <laughs> but my point being that his name being Headley Lamar, and everybody calling Hedy Lamar and him going, it's Hedley, is... The joke. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that there's much beyond that. Yes. Anyways, we're not talking about Mel Brooks. We're not talking about Hedley Lamar. We're talking about Hedy Lamar.
1: We are. Hedy Lamar was born Hedwig Eva Meriach Keisler in 1914 in Vienna. Okay. The only child of Gertrude, or Trudy, and Emil Keisler.
0: Can I say what I've learned about myself? In, mostly from doing this show. Yeah? Um, my brain... Has reference points if you say uh, like 1890 or earlier. Okay. If you say 1920 or later. But there's a 30-year period. And listen, don't like, tweet at me or email us or whatever. I know that stuff happened during there. <laughs> what I'm saying I've learned about myself is you say 1914, and my brain has nothing to hold on to. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was the time. Not quite the Roaring Twenties, though, huh? Post-Civil War, though, isn't it? And that's all my brain knows. I think there was a world war. Was World War One in there? No.
1: Between 1920 and 19- 1890,
0: yes. World War One was in there. Yeah, I should know that. I should know that. i I've, It's like I've only seen the sequel for a long time. I'd only seen Terminator Two. I'd never seen Terminator One. I had to go back and do it. That's how my brain is with world wars. I only know about World War 2. My brain I need to go back and watch World War 1. Okay, anyways, I'm interrupting so much. Okay. Okay.
1: So, um Trudy was a pianist and her father Emil was a major player in the banking oh. world. Ooh. So, he invented the nickel. No, but he was a a very brilliant mechanical mind. Um He was an extremely curious man when it came to engineering and science um and her mother in the arts. So she got a very well-rounded kind of upbringing. She was encouraged to do dance um, and also piano. And I mean, as a as a single child, you know, she got a lot of attention from her parents. Mm.
0: So you're saying we shouldn't have had a second kid? No, I'm not saying that. That's what I heard.
1: <laughs> um. So the story goes that he, uh, her father would take like long walks with her and explain basically how things worked as like they passed things, right? Like streetcars and printing presses and printing shops and, you know, all kinds of things, right? So, um, I do that
0: with baby. But sometimes I start and then realize I'm in over my head. And then she's like, and how does that one work? And I'm like, oh, nobody
1: knows. (laughs) (laughs) And it's said that when she was five years old, she could be found taking apart her music box and reassembling it to see how it worked.
0: The reassembling part is doubtful.
1: Because I, mean, like, I could
0: believe maybe. one of our kids would start taking apart a toy, but then the idea of they're like, and now, <laughs> to seamlessly rebuild it.
1: I actually would not be surprised if she was able because of her fantastic scientific contributions. Okay. Um. But her early interest was in acting. She loved theater and film, and by the age of 12, she had won a beauty contest in Vienna. And so... Her scientific aspirations got kind of pushed to the side for an acting career. Um, Just like me. she Yeah. She was 16 when she was discovered by director uh, Max Reinhardt, whom she would go to study acting with in Berlin. And her very first film role was in 1930 in a small German film called Money on the Street. She's kind of like on her way, right? Um, but... She ends up in a very scandalous film (gasps) called Ecstasy. Oh, boy. uh, Where she plays a neglected wife of an indifferent older man. Um, The movie was celebrated, but also notorious uh, because, you know, she's 18 at the time. She has some brief nudity and even a simulated orgasm on screen.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: And so the film was controversial, but it would definitely get people's attention. It won the Venice Film Festival. Uh, I mean, it won an award at the Venice Film Festival.
0: I wish that that I wish that there was a, like...
1: <laughs> You're the winner. We sh-
0: hey, listen, we shoot all the movies. Yours was the best of movies. <laughs> I want to say, I pulled up because I realized I didn't know what she looked like. She but looked you like, do. You, you look like her.
1: You, you remind me of her? Yeah.
0: Look at that picture.
1: Uh, I mean, all right.
0: Yeah. You look like Haley Lamar. I, Deal with it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying
1: thank you. Um, I saw you
0: wanting to deny it. And then your shmanners kicked in. and You're like, thank you.
1: I have heard that I more closely resemble Ava Gardner.
0: Okay. I'll look at that too.
1: Anyway. Okay. So she continued growing her career both on stage and in film. And it was on stage. She was in the play Sissy about Empress Elizabeth of Austria, which was a smash hit in Vienna. Um, one of her adoring fans was a man by the name of Friedrich Mandel. He was, um, let's say, obsessed with getting to know Hetty. So despite her sending away many, many of her admirers, he began not to take no for an answer.
0: Not great. That's bad manners.
1: That is red flag number one.
0: That's old school, like, oh, he was so romantic. And I told him that he wouldn't take no for an answer. It's like... That's not romantic.
1: He was also an Austrian arms merchant and munitions manufacturer, red flag number. Two.
0: And this was mid nineteen thirties. Interesting.
1: He was the third richest man in Austria and had ties to uh, Mussolini and Hitler. Red flag three through a hundred. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an expanding red flag. I would say. Yes, yes.
1: Um, eventually, he wore Hetty down, uh, which is a sad sentence to say, and um, she. I guess, rationalized his charm and personality and money and uh, married on August 10th, 1933.
0: Okay.
1: She was 18. Oh, boo. He was 33,
0: so. Boo! <laughs> now, Teresa. Yes. I have made a side-by-side image. Oh, were
1: you even listening? I was. I was.
0: Remember, I was talking during about expanding red flags. I can do two things at once. I made a side-by-side image. You tell me which of these people you look more like.
1: Uh, They are looking in different directions. I'm having a hard time.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Everybody, everybody, I'm going (laughs) to post it on Instagram. You go to uh, Travis McElroy on Instagram. I'm going to post it because she looks so much like uh, Haley Lamar. I can't get over it. Okay, keep going.
1: All right. Um, Her parents uh, objected to this union. Yeah. Um, And also they had jewish ancestry there was a little bit i mean the whisperings right and to be involved in this group of people was obviously dangerous for her family and she went ahead with it um hey it, it hey w- it listen would, listen, to, listen
0: to your parents hey uh we're parents now and uh this there's this uh old school like romanticized version of like, wouldn't take no for an answer. And also like, and the parents are like, I don't know, I don't trust them. But it was love. Hey, both of
1: those things—they
0: oh, cannot. They, oh, he, oh, this was
1: not lost on Hetty, because later she would describe this marriage as being a prisoner in her own home. He was extremely controlling, hated that his wife was the subject of such a controversial movie, you know, Ecstasy, as I mentioned earlier. He halted her acting career and wanted her to basically be a trophy wife, so he could go to fancy parties with her. She was
0: winning her own trophies.
1: Uh, she would later say of this time, I knew very soon that I could not, never be an actress while I was his wife. He was the absolute monarch in his marriage. I was like a doll.
0: Oh, gross. Babe. Yeah,
1: not good. Um, so according to Lamar, both higher-ups of the Nazi party would attend lavish gatherings at their home, despite the fact that Lamar and Mandel had Jewish ancestry. Uh, she says that she hated these men and their associates, but... Lamar did not waste any time. Um, She often accompanied him to whatever kind of business meetings she could get to um, with other scientists and professionals in the military technology area. Um, I'm having
0: such conflicted emotions.
1: She was able to nurture her, you know, scientific brain kind of in the worst of circumstances. Yeah, but
0: I I think that it's easy, right, to be like, okay, but you still like— associated, like, wild, right? But one, as we've already said, clearly her husband was at least emotionally abusive. Yeah. Right? And so the idea of, like, well, she could have just said no and made her own choices. It doesn't sound like that was the deal. So, like, my impulse is to say, like, best of a bad situation from what I'm hearing. I'm not an expert on this.
1: Uh, She says that um, her marriage was completely unbearable by 1937, that's when she decided to flee and also left the country. She says that she disguised herself as a maid and fled to Paris. Mm, other accounts are that she persuaded him to let her wear all of her jewelry for a dinner party and then disappeared afterwards. With that sounds all, like a better plan. With all of her money around her neck.
0: I love the idea of like it being a an extraordinary amount of jewelry, where it's like, Okay, but that's like 30 necklaces. I need them. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you can't look down. You have so many necklaces on, you can't look down. I don't down. need to look down. Okay, all right. You you have so many bracelets on, you can't raise your arm. It's fine, <laughs> away from the hip.
1: Hetty eventually ended up in London. Where I can't wait was... to hear
0: more about her time in London. But first,
1: <laughs>
0: how about a thank you note for our sponsors? This week, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Zola. Not just thank you for sponsoring the show, but thank you for making weddings easier. I mean, it's too late for us. <laughs> God knows. <laughs> it's too late for us. We've been married for 86 years, but... 10. Almost. Almost 10. Yeah. And we're going to remember this year. <laughs> Mark my words. We've forgotten our both of us collectively the last two years. Okay. But with Zola's help, you won't worry about your wedding day because Zola is there for you. They have free planning tools uh, that are there for you on all the important days, not just your wedding, but planning along the way. They show you every step where to start. Uh, They have venues, vendors, save the dates and invites, free wedding websites, and amazing registry, and they're all designed by wedding experts. Uh, The Zola community is your place to share, celebrate, and vent with other engaged couples and know exactly what you're going through. Uh, And if you need help, there's Team Z, which is Zola's wedding advisors. I wish we had had something like this because, you know, it's one thing to be like, well, we had friends who had gotten married before and we knew people who got married and we could ask them questions and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's different to be like, this isn't about people telling you how they did their wedding. Right. This is like people helping you do your wedding.
1: And we were interested in a pretty chill wedding. Thank yes. goodness. Right. But if we had wanted Not to do. Not now.
0: If we could do it again. Oh,
1: no. Ostentatious.
0: No, no. Oh, ice sculptures everywhere. I'd come in on a giant ice sculpture being dragged by other ice sculptures. I don't know how. Anyways, from just engaged to the only thing left to do is say I do. Zola is here for all the days along the way. Just go to Zola.com slash Schmanners. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash Schmanners.
1: Alright class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of cosmic rays, the morals of art forgery and whether or not fish can drown. Any questions? Yes you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast Let's Learn Everything!
0: Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom, I studied cognitive and computer science but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis.
1: My name's Caroline and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella, I did a PhD in stem cell biology so obviously i'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction
0: class meets every other thursday on maximum fun
1: so do i still get credit for this (laughs) (laughs) no No. (laughs) obviously not no it's a podcast (laughs) hey let us guess you love books but wish you had more time to read Or maybe you used to read a lot, but life has gotten in the way. Kids, grad school, you name it. Maybe you don't know where to start and bookish social media is overwhelming. How do people on TikTok read so many books? Oh my god, I don't know. And maybe you've been reading the same book for six months
0: and now it's permanently attached to your bedside table. Maybe you don't even know
1: what you like to read anymore. We're reading glasses and don't worry, we got you. We'll get you back into reading and help you enjoy books again. Reading Glasses, every week on Maximum Fun.
0: So she's in London.
1: Yes, where she meets the... Queen! No. <laughs> no. The mayor of metro goldwyn Mayor. a.k.a. Oh. MGM.
0: Okay. I... That was a roller coaster thing because I said the queen as a joke. And then you said the mayor. And I was like, the mayor? And you're like, the mayor of Metro Golden Mayor. And I'm like, MGM had a
1: mayor? Oh, right. <laughs> no, that guy.
0: Yeah. There was mayor in the name. Yes. Okay.
1: He had been scouting talent in Europe and made her an offer of $125 a week, which is about 2600 a week today. Not bad. Mm, she turned him down.
0: <gasps> Wait. To do what? To be an actor?
1: Yeah. To sign with the studio right
0: well, 2600 so we're talking about wow, $10,000 a month i said well, not bad but $10,000 a month
1: she actually booked herself on the same New York bound ocean liner and he was so impressed with her that he decided that he would offer her 500 a week which is 10,000 in today's money
0: okay all, all right now we're talking about half a million dollars a year
1: i mean why sign why sign for 125 a week when, when you, could you could get
0: the cow for free. 500. Oh wait,
1: yeah. <laughs> um Don't you miss the the
0: days where all you had to do to be impressive was to be a woman who did stuff? <laughs> 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 you booked yourself on a boat? Ah, how about a half a million dollars a year? You've got moxie, kid. You got spunk, you got pizzazz. Ah. Little
1: did they know how amazing she actually was. Okay. Anyway, um. So this is when it was suggested that she change her name to Hedy Lamar to get some distance from the Ecstasy movie, um, and you know that controversy. Uh, and apparently, uh, Mayer chose Lamar as an homage to the silent film star Barbara Lamar um, because it was one of the actresses his wife really loved. Wow. Nice. sure. 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 Um, So that's when she joined Hollywood in 1938, and she was promoted as, quote, the world's most beautiful woman. Wow. Wow.
0: A bold stance.
1: Indeed. Um, In
0: in this day and age with social media, I don't think that would fly.
1: Everybody
0: be chiming in. (laughs) Everybody be chiming in saying, don't you mean Teresa Wellman McElroy? Everybody be saying that because you're the most beautiful woman. Aw, thanks, babe.
1: So, um, Mayer loaned Lamar to Walter Wagner, who was making a film called Algiers.
0: This is the thing, too. I don't know if we've ever talked about the studio system on the show. Oh, no, we haven't. Okay, so when we said that, my first thing was like, that sounds very objectify-y, but that was literally a thing that—so actors— were under contract with studios, right? Right. So it was like when we talk about her getting paid weekly, it was because she worked for MGM. That's who she made movies with. They would either write a movie for her or put her in movies. And if another studio wanted to work with an actor that had a contract with the studio, they had to like trade. It was like a baseball team, right? A little where, bit like a they, baseball they team. Had to make deals and would be like, okay, you can have her if we can use him for this picture. Yeah. And it, yeah, man, it was wild.
1: Um, And the film was a sensation. According to one viewer, when Hetty first appeared on screen, everyone gasped. Lamar's beauty literally took one's breath away.
0: Several people died. Asthma (laughs) attacks and asphyxiation. It was terrible. So this
1: became her archetype, right? Glamorous seductress.
0: Well, yeah, because uh, she had dark hair. <laughs> so, like, yeah, if you sure. look back at that time, man, they were so type-driven by hair color. I mean, absolutely, right. Right? Where you had the innocent, uh, for lack of a better word, bimbo, right? Where you had Marilyn Monroe, Okay.
1: Right? Well, this was a little bit before that. But so, what like— What I'm saying
0: is, like, she had dark hair and, like, you know, she had an Elizabeth Taylor kind of vibe going. Sure, yeah. So— yeah. Yeah, she's the seductress.
1: So um, another film that you may recognize her from, in, in contrast to a, what you're talking about, is Zigfield Girl uh, in 1941, um, Lamar... Judy Garland and Lana Turner all played aspiring showgirls, and they all had different colored hair, Yeah, right? So Lana was a blonde, Hetty was the darkest brunette, and then um, Judy was in the middle. I don't, I'm not sure if they turned her into a redhead or not, but it's Auburn at least.
0: This is the same Ziegfeld as like Ziegfeld Follies, right? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, it's the same idea, yeah. right? But she was bored, She was very successful, but, you know, her archetype didn't, like, leave much for, like, development of character, right? Um, Especially with
0: that studio system. There was a lot of, like, yeah, you're going to do this movie now. There wasn't as much, like, picking and choosing or people, like, if you were an amazing talent, and then the studio got paid a lot to have you be in a movie. Yeah. And it wasn't so much as, like, oh, yeah, I've written this, like, Oscar-worthy vehicle for you. Like, that didn't really happen.
1: Right. Um, Lo and behold, she met Howard Hughes,
0: Wait, well, I assume we're thinking of the same Howard Hughes, right? The yeah. The guy that made the, this The inventor.
1: Was... Um, they dated for a little bit, but he really re-sparked that kind of, like, inventive spirit, scientific mind mm-hmm. that she had. Um, and he even gave her equipment to tinker around with in her trailers. Hey, that's cool. Um, she apparently already had uh, quite a collection of... Again, tinkering equipment, I suppose. I need more
0: tinkering equipment.
1: You do not need any more. No, I have a lot of
0: woodworking. I've got some metal craft stuff. But where's my tinkering stuff? Where's my soldering iron? Let me
1: tinker. He took Lamar to airplane factories and, um, you know, let her watch the process of, of designing the plane and all that kind of stuff. And so Hughes told her that he wanted to create faster planes so that he could sell them to the U.S. military naturally, Hetty decided that she wanted to design them for him, right? Um, it's said that she went out and bought a book about fish and a book about birds, studied the fastest, and then combined the fins of the fastest fish with the f- wings of the fastest bird to sketch a whole new wing design. And the brain design. of the smartest monkey. <laughs> to sketch a whole oh, new wing design.
0: I love that. That's amazing.
1: And Howard Hughes said she was a genius for it. So Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, she wasn't done inventing. She went on to create and upgrade a new stoplight technology, as well as working on a tablet that dissolved in water to make a carbonated beverage. And it didn't quite go very good. It was a lot like Alka-Seltzer. Um,
0: These taste though, are you kidding me?
1: I know. You I know. just
0: market that on Instagram? Billion dollars.
1: Um, once... The U.S. entered World War II.
0: Ah, now we're somewhere. Ah! Uh, Now you know where we're Okay, I'm there. Uh, In
1: 1940, Hedy met a man named George Antiel at a dinner party. He was a writer and musician, and they both, again, loved science and inventiveness. They talked at length about the looming war, um, and he would later recall that Hetty said she did not feel very comfortable sitting in Hollywood making lots of money when things were in such a state. She also was very well aware that her former marriage to Mandel, uh, however horrible, gave her extremely useful military information.
0: Oh, okay. Ooh, Here this, it is, This right? is twists and
1: turns, babe. Babe, babe, this is <laughs> twists and turns, babe. So, she had knowledge on munitions and various weaponry and information from the... the,
0: He was a munitions dealer. That's right.
1: And information from the mouths of the Axis powers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Oh,
0: man. My brain, my being has been freaked. I'm so in it. Okay. So,
1: here's the big thing. Okay? The big thing. She'd read that the U.S. was proposing the idea of radio-controlled torpedoes to shoot at enemy ships. Sure. The issue was... You could jam these guidance systems and set them off course. So she and Antail came up with the idea of implementing a system known as frequency hopping. Among radio waves, both the transmitter and the receiver hopped to new frequencies together. Doing so would prevent the enemy from intercepting the movement of the torpedo, allowing it to hit its intended target. They went all in, right? They hired a law firm to search for prior knowledge of the technology as well as draft up their patent application. She brought into their group a professor of radio electrical engineering at Caltech. Um, and, I mean, this is amazing because what they used was the early stages um, synchronized a, like a miniature player piano mechanism uh-huh. with radio signals. And so the frequency system was basically like taped on paper, you know, because that's how that's how they used those uh, those player pianos. Yeah, they had their patent by uh, August eleventh, nineteen forty two. They the U.S. Navy didn't adopt the technology till the nineteen sixties, but that doesn't mean that it went unused. They were later incorporated into Bluetooth. <gasps> GPS, what? and even Wi-Fi technology. Get out of the town. Well, so next time you're on Google Maps and you get to a place that you've never seen before, you might want to thank Hedy Lamar.
0: That's incredible.
1: It is incredible. It's awesome. So her legacy is undeniable, right? And um, far deeper and wider than I would have guessed. Yes. It wasn't until 1953 she became an American citizen. Uh she continued to act until nineteen around nineteen fifty eight.
0: Can I tell you, I don't know why, but the most standout like where I was like, What thing you said in that whole thing to yeah. me was stoplight technology. That she was like, Oh yeah, she was with Howard Hughes, he was making plans, did that. Great. And then like, oh munitions dealer and talk about munitions, okay, great. And also stoplight technology. And it's like, wait, <laughs> why was that a passion project? That's that to me is the one where I'm like,
1: Why? By oh.
0: stoplights? I don't know. I don't know either. She
1: liked to invent, I guess. Okay. Um,
0: and... I think that's why it stands out. Because it's the one that isn't inspired by something
1: else happening. Oh, yeah. But her just being like, I think I can make stoplights better. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. She uh, also designed a large ski resort in Aspen, with her then-husband at the time in the 50s. Um, and despite her retirement from the screen, she got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960. Uh, over the course of her life, she would be married six times Ooh. Okay. and had three children. Okay, um, her
0: <laughs> That's half a child each.
1: <laughs> <laughs> her final marriage was to her divorced lawyer from her fifth marriage.
0: Okay, well the ease of that was another yeah, okay?
1: Um but when when her marriages ended, uh she then remained single for the last 35 years of her life. She was pretty solitary towards the end. Um unfortunately, she had a few run-ins with the law. She had arrests for shoplifting, um and this is when she would bring like lawsuits up. Uh, for people she thought were slandering her name or, or telling lies. Mm. For example, other than the uh, the Blazing Saddles one, in 1966, her supposed autobiography, Ecstasy and Me, came out, and she sued her ghostwriter, claiming that he had fabricated her entire story.
0: Whoa. Okay.
1: That's interesting, right? Yeah. She then retreated from public life and settled in Miami Beach, Florida, in nineteen eighty one um She started losing her eyesight and lived a pretty solitary life, although she would sometimes spend up to seven hours a day talking on the telephone. Wow, so, so who? she uh, to her, her kids and her friends, and you know she hardly saw anybody but you heard from her, yeah, July nineteenth two thousand. Hedy Lamarr died in Castleberry, Florida, from heart disease. She was 85, so it's a long life. Yeah, and she was awarded just before uh, before she left. She was awarded in 1977. The Electronic Frontier Foundation uh, awarded her and Antille with the Pioneer Award. Wow! And let's see, she became the very first woman to receive the. Invention Conventions, Bowlby Ganass Spirit of Achievement Award. And in 2014, she was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame uh, for the frequency hopping technology. Um, So, you know, today she's, in addition to being a beautiful and celebrated film actress, she is celebrated as the mother of Wi-Fi.
0: Truly amazing. I didn't know about any of this.
1: Any of it. In 2014, a memorial to her was unveiled in Vienna in the Central Cemetery, um, and that is when her ashes were also returned to the home of her birth in the uh, Vienna woods according to her last wishes. Such a cool story. Yeah. I I didn't know any of that. I mean, I knew knew. she was in movies. You knew she was in movies. I mean, there's also... uh, A lot of times, like, I feel like I've seen on her birthday people post about her on social media about this idea of her being, like, the mother of Wi-Fi. I think that's pretty cool.
0: Um, I want to thank you for presenting that to us. I want to thank our researcher and writer, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make the show. Thank you to our editor, Rachel, without whom we would not be able to make the show. Thank you to you for listening. We could make the show without you, but why? I um, want to tell you this week, uh, My Brother, My Brother, and Me and The New Venture Zone are going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, so June 23rd, we're in Raleigh doing My Brother, My Brother, and Me. June 24th, we're in Raleigh doing Taz. And June 25th, we're in Richmond, Virginia doing My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Uh, coming up, we've got shows uh, in Sandy Diego during San Diego Comic Con, July 21st and 22nd. Uh, And then on August 31st, uh, we're in Seattle, Washington doing the Adventure Zone. In September 1st, we're in Seattle, Washington doing My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And then October 12th and 13th, we are uh, at New York Comic Con doing Adventure Zone and My Brother, My Brother, and Me, respectively. Respectively? Respectively. Hopefully, we're doing them (laughs) respectively. I think you will. We'll see. Uh, the tickets for the Seattle shows uh, go on sale Friday, June 16th. So if you're listening to this after that, they're on sale. Uh, New York Comic Con, if you want to come to those shows, you will require a badge to attend in person. But we'll be doing uh, streaming of those for the first time, and you can watch that without uh, a badge. Badge-free tickets available for streaming. Um, you can find out all the information about that at bit.ly slash Tours. Also, I'm going to be at Gen Con August 3rd through 6th. You can find details about that at bit.ly slash Tours as well. What else, Teresa?
1: We always thank Brent, Brent O'Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. We also thank Bruja Betty Pena Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Um, and as always, we are taking topic suggestions, biography suggestions, and I'd love to get another idiom show together. Uh, so please send those ideas to schmannerscast at gmail.com. And make sure that you say hi to Alex because she reads every single one.
0: And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: manners. Schmanners. Get it? <laughs>